This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we'll be talking about the Texas Rangers. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington. Joined in the studio by my old pal, Evan Grant. Evan, you, you look a little bum-fuzzled. There's issues, but it doesn't concern the general public. Here's what I'm making sure that's going to go on your headstone. There were issues. It, it involves Instagram and this picture of me that was Oh, that, that one with the chicken yeah. thing. First of all, there was no chicken ever that was that big. Well, that's that's a given. If you read the story, it's like four or five chicken breasts rolled up into a Chickenzilla log. <laughs> chicken Stein, Chickenzilla. Let me just say this, okay? Uh, it's if you can wrap your head or if you can get past the idea that it is two pounds of chicken and that no chicken ever existed this size. Um, the one that I had yesterday, uh, the as, as it's being called, the fowl pole. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's nice. It didn't. It it did not taste bad. It tasted like a chicken finger. So if you want a two pound chicken finger or tender or whatever we're calling them these days. Go and have yourself a foul pole, but bring a half dozen friends because well, it's twenty seven fifty and it's two freaking pounds of chicken. Yeah, and and, and who needs that much chicken? Is what I'm asking. Uh, nobody really. No. I mean, if you cut off one little segment of the log, um, I mean, it looks like a chicken tenderloin for crying out loud. Like when I picked it up yesterday, kind of some of the breading came off, and there was just this like chicken that had been baked and it looked like a chicken tenderloin yeah yeah but here's what i thought of when i saw that picture it reminded me of when uh, uh keith Olbermann uh, hosted a, a segment of uh, espn in which they were really trying to be cool and hip and everybody was dressed in black leather jackets and and when it came on keith Olbermann, being the type who would not try to fake anything said to the camera welcome to the end of our careers <laughs> That's what I was thinking well, when I saw you eating that big chicken. Fortunately, tender. if it wasn't enough on Facebook Live, Instagram, and Twitter, um, for anybody who doesn't have any of those, it's apparently in print in this morning's Dallas Morning News. <laughs> so go out, everybody, and pick up a copy of the Dallas Morning News. I'll be happy to autograph the chicken picture for you. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you would. I'm sure you would. Because if you if you actually bought a newspaper, maybe it will help extend my career. Yeah, that might. That might. Probably not. All right. Well, let's talk about uh, other things that really mean baseball. Uh, chicken tenders. Other than chicken tenders, yeah. I don't know why the Rangers feel like they have to get so exotic on their food, but, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, whatever sells, I'm, I'm all for Everybody it. gets exotic on food, but I, the Rangers take the, the giant food. It's kind of been their specialty, and yeah, 
I mean, I think we're out of big foods. <laughs> no, no, no. I predict that it, just, it just goes on and on and on. They'll, you'll have hamburgers the size of tables. I, I think next year what I would like to see is instead yeah. of an order of nachos, yeah. you get one giant, giant nacho, nacho. Like a, a, a tortilla chip, a triangular tortilla chip that is the size of a coffee table. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. It's just topped with all the gross stuff that you, and cheese sauce you can put on it. <laughs> I think what they need to have is is a cardio lab out there with uh, with all of this right next door. Yeah, I'm sure they do. Yeah, you can check your check your pulse. Medical there. Center of Arlington. Blood pressure. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. So let's talk about this Rangers uh, this Rangers team. Evan, what was your final takeaway? I mean, first of all, let me ask you how many how many wins did you project? I didn't I didn't look at our our composite. Uh, I projected seventy five wins. I said seventy six. Yeah, I'm actually we're, a right, we're right in line with one another. What did everybody else say? What what, what was the gamut? Every, what did it range? Every, everybody was right there. It was. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think. I, I well, there was one person who predicted a ninety loss season, but it wasn't a person who, who works here. I can't remember if it was, um, uh, Newey or uh, Mike Reiner, but I think somebody predicted a ninety two loss season. Really? Yeah. Okay. Seventy wins. Uh, well, that's that's not much difference either. Seventy to seventy-six. That's not that much difference. That's six games. Well, but still, you know, I, I that's six games. Let me just say this: if they go seventy-five and eighty-seven this year, that's an eight-game, an eight-win improvement over last year. That's a good first step. No, it is a good first step, uh, and and I see reason for that to happen. Uh, it just depends on. Let, let's take. I want to compare it really quickly to what the Mavericks have done. You know, everybody say going into this season, the Mavericks would be a fringe playoff team, right? Well, they would have been a fringe playoff team had they not traded away four fifths of the starting lineup, uh, and and then your top guard off the bench was out for the season. If you had had all those things happen, they'd probably be. I think they could have been in the playoffs. Uh, I think that Luka Doncic is, is that good. They chose not to go that route, and I and I approved of it. I, I think that this was the way to go. Well, it has your seal of approval. My seal of approval. Okay. So, uh, and so I think that was the way to go. Uh, so I think the same thing that can happen with the Rangers. I think if this if this rotation were to perform anywhere close to what it kind of looks like it's doing right now, if these guys were to all hold up, it just comes down to health. If they're if yes. they're healthy, they're all serviceable. And I would say this that um, it certainly doesn't have the Cole Hamels, U Darvish uh, star power at the top. But I would say if you go one through five, it's probably a better rotation all the way through than the Rangers have had in quite some time. Yes, and and but and of course the issue with that is is that if they, you okay you say now if these guys all pitch well, which I think they could, and I think it's certainly possible. I do think it's a much better rotation going into the season than they had last year. So they could do that. But then the point is, but just as the Mavericks felt, do we really want to? pursue this or do we want to play for the big card for next year and the years after they're that they're not playing for for this year i mean they're, they're, they want to be competitive and i think they'd like to show some improvement and i'd like i think they'd like to show some tangible progress under chris woodward but uh if if this rotation stays healthy and these guys are all productive um you can bet that one of those guys is going to be traded at the at, at the trading deadline if not if not more than one uh the plan here is you know I, I think when I look at the schedule, I see a team that that could, the way the schedule is set up, muddle around 500 for the first half of the year. But July and August get really tough for this club. Mm-hmm. And and I think that this club will look at everything realistically. There's not really a shot to win the American League West, not right. with Houston there. 
There's not really a shot at the first wild card because that's going to go to the loser of the Boston Yankee death match. And, and so in a best-case scenario, you're fighting maybe for a second wild card spot in one game. Um, they're not going to mortgage this plan for that. Uh, and, and I think that when it comes down to reality, if they feel like they can get value for somebody like Mike Miner, uh, who I think will have value at the trade deadline, then I th- they will make that deal, and they will bring up guys like Taylor Hearn and or Jonathan Hernandez or Joe Palumbo. I think it's essential, quite frankly, that by the end of this year, you've gotten more than just a token start from one of those three guys. No question about that. Uh, that but that was my point or, or I, was, I was getting to earlier is that – Well, get to it. Well, you wouldn't let me. Is If all these guys in this rotation, I don't think it, I don't think it should, the feeling should be, oh, automatic ejection of these guys if they pitch well because it, it depends on what you're going to get back. If you're just getting fringe prospects for these guys, well, then – Well, it all comes, that all comes down to how ready are Hearn, Palumbo, and Hernandez. Sure. Because – at that point in time, look, with a guy like Miner, you've got another year on his deal. Uh-huh. If you don't feel like you can maximize that, yeah, you could potentially hold on to him. Um, but there won't be any hesitation in jettisoning any of the guys who are one, uh, on one-year deals. But it still comes down to are those three guys, uh, and I need to include Brock Burke in there because he's going to pitch at double-A to start the year too, are, the, are any of those four guys really ready to pitch in the big leagues? And if the answer is not yes – then forget about what's going on at the starting rotation level in the big leagues. It, it has not been uh, ideal for the Rangers this season. No, absolutely not. And that because you're right, that's what we have to find out about the these uh, these players. And I this, mean, let, this let's team. face it. You want to talk about predictions? We had the prediction thing in the paper, right? Yeah. Okay. We had seven seven guys, and every one of them said, well, with the exception of Mr. Contrary, Tim Kalishaw. Um, who said that the Rangers would trade as Drew uh, Cabrera for prospects at the deadline. Every one of us said trade pitching, trade pitching, trade pitching as the midseason move. Yeah. So that is, I'm not thinking that Drew Cabrera is going to bring a whole lot at the trade deadline. I don't think so either, but maybe third. You know, maybe there there is a dearth of third baseman for contenders. I, I, I just plus who's going to play third base after that? Well, uh, that's a you know that's a good question. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, I don't know why this just popped into my head. Speaking of third baseman, and he's not a third baseman anymore; he's a second baseman. What kind of spring did Dirks and Profar have for the A's? He had a good spring. Um, I, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't put much weight into Ranger stats, and I think I've, I've weighed stats less and less unless they really jumped out at me. Uh, so I didn't spend a whole lot of time looking at the at the A's stats. But Profar has, uh, he's going to split time at first base to start the year oh, and is move he? around the infield because Matt Olson is out. Uh, and then he'll also move around the infield. I think he's going to play every day there, and I think he's he's going to have a good season. I hadn't realized that they had – I thought the plan all along was for him to play second base. Uh, th- there's a more pressing need right now at first. I think. Really? Yeah. Uh, I'm sure he wasn't happy about that. Well, I mean, I think he'll also play some second base too. Yeah. Okay, that'll be interesting to see how that goes. All right, let's go around. What do you, what do you think well, about no, let, the, let's get down to this because you've, okay. you've got an issue, okay? An you, issue? You, Kevin. <laughs> By the way, is this awkward? <laughs> you so, know, you so know. Kevin and I were discussing a column in which he took a shot at me yesterday, and fortunately it was all edited out. The editor said I couldn't have it in there. You know, here's the thing. Here, here's the thing. But my text to Kevin kept saying, it re- this reads awkwardly. And he said, I think you said awkward enough. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. Here's the thing that bothers me at this, at this institution, the Dallas Morning News, which I founded, by the way. 
uh, is that I was not allowed to say something about your stupid bet that your alma mater, Georgia State, would beat Houston, my alma mater, in the NCAAs, which anyone, as, as I wrote initially, I could have checked Clyde Drexler, Akeem Olajuwon. Oh, you're going to get the line in. Then. And Michael Young. It wasn't that good of a line <laughs> Out of the either. nursing home, and we still could have beaten Georgia State. Georgia State had a really bad game. But let's, <laughs> yeah. let's, let's, or, or pretty much a, a bad, you know, uh, career. Uh, let's just say that. Let's just say that, you know, Georgia State. I believe they've made three tournaments in the last five years. I believe, in, including in that, was the big win over Baylor. Oh. Um, let's go back. How many Final Fours for Georgia State? None. But None? Zero? Zero. zero. Listen. Let, as it, as it listen, nothing? Kevin, as I tell everybody, <laughs> when I attended Georgia State in the late 80s, um, it was the worst Division One basketball program in the country. So, uh, listen, I fully expected to have to pay off lunch with you, but that's often because you're asking me for money anyway. Oh. But I also made the bet with Gina Miller, who yeah. also is a much more well-known graduate of the University of Houston. You know, I didn't know she graduated from U of A. And so I'm going to take her out to lunch, too, and I'm looking more forward to that than I am to lunch with you. That was uh, that She came along much later than I did. Yeah. As did just about everybody. Pretty much everybody, yeah. So um, anyway, uh, the our, right, so our well, fine editor Gary Level, point. Gary wanna, Level, I want to get his name on the record here. Said uh, this is bush league stuff or something like that. I don't know. Bush league? No, he said it was insider baseball. Well, and so we, so I took that out, and then I had a reference which was not inaccurate, which neither he nor you got it on the right side. I said he was hitting from the right side of the plate. That is correct. Uh, when you're left-handed, you're hitting from the right side of the plate. Yes, but. Uh, that read awkwardly because he was a left-handed hitter. <laughs> there is Mr. Awkward. Um, there is and, Mr. And Awkward. The, the whole column was in reference to Willie Calhoun. And yes. you, Kevin, are paid to be a columnist and have absolute opinions. <laughs> and there are no absolutes. And Did I, did I say that was an absolute? I, well, I, I mean, I think your your point was that he should be in the big leagues right now. and And there really is no excuse for him to not be. I said, I believe that's a little strong. I, I said that, that John Daniels made this situation, and there's no question he did. You had He had the opportunity to trade you Darvish, okay, a, a prime ch- a trading chip. He made it, got this guy, and, and, and at that time they were a left-handed lineup. You know, the excuse now that, well, he's left-handed. And oh, no, 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 no. There, there, listen, I mean, there, that, that it's not an ideal fit, I don't think anybody disputes. I think the only issue that I've got is, and, and I think again, this is, this I think is kind of endemic. The Rangers here, and I think with every team, except for maybe the Yankees and the Red Sox, there is this culture of okay, this guy's a prospect; he's going to be the next great thing, right? And that doesn't, and, and and sometimes the highest profile prospect that you get, or the one closest to the big leagues, doesn't necessarily end up being the guy who who breaks the bank for you, right? I right. mean. Jared Saltomaki was the guy the Rangers sure. had to have in the Teixeira trade. Had it had it had it his career with the Rangers right. fall uh, come out. So I I think that the idea that AJ Alexei and Brendan Davis are also important in this trade is significant. And, and and the bottom line is, look, with eight minutes to go before the deadline, the Rangers had nothing on you, Darvish. They had nothing. So what they took is the best deal available. Mm-hmm. I don't think they could have. Uh, they certainly couldn't have asked for Walker Beeler. They couldn't have asked for Alex Verdugo. Well, you could have asked for. Him. Well, you could have, but you wouldn't have gotten the trade done, right? Um, and, and so I, I think that you know, it's again, it's not an ideal situation. I think if there's, 
I think if there's a bigger flaw, it should have been that the Rangers either should have traded Darvish, had a better self-evaluation and traded Darvish before the 17 season, or tried to extend him seriously at that point in time. But that, that's, the, that's the issue. When you have that tri- that chip, you have to maximize it. Right. That's just the, just a fact. And so, they, they as of yet, they haven't yet to maximize that. And as we have talked about before, and I, this column also alluded to previous columns I've written, saying that you got to get rid of Chu. Uh, you got to find a place for this kid. Listen, I, I'm not for for uh, Willie Calhoun coming up and being the fourth outfielder. I don't right. think that's a good fit for him, you know, because uh, he's not going to play every day. I think he needs to play every day. You need to find out if this kid can hit at the big league level. Uh, you do. And, and so just what we talked about with the pitching earlier, you know, I, I get the fact that Hunter Pence probably fits that profile a little bit better, although I don't think it really fits him either. I think he really almost needs to play every day. Well, right. I, at this stage in his career, he's not going to play every day. I mean, he's just not. And he's going to have to be content with being – a right-handed fourth fourth outfielder who will play a decent amount, I think. Um, but I, I would ask you this. Yeah. L- l- let me ask you this. If at the end of this season, okay, if at the end of the season Willie Calhoun has more plate appearances for the Rangers than Sin Chu Chu, Sin Chu Chu, now that Shin Su Chu. Oh my gosh! How long have you known him, and you don't know his first god. and last names? Oh my god! I, I do this to <laughs> myself all the time. If if Willie Calhoun has more plate appearances than Shin Su Chu, yeah, just don't even try to say it anymore. <laughs> I just call him Chu all the time now. Shin Su Chu. Has it been a successful year on that front? Uh, well, yeah, but I mean that that makes it. What if what if Chu gets hurt and he gets twelve at bats? I mean, uh, I I don't think that. Uh, he, here's the point. Uh, I don't want to betray anything here. They they could get rid of him if they wanted to. Oh, they could, and, and I mean, I listen. I've been. I, I think if I look at with you the idea of of what. From a from a pure almost rotisserie or 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 analytics world, Willie Calhoun, you know, could fit in there for you. Yeah, I think in in talking through this with with several people, I think that um, Chu, we both acknowledge Chu's been a productive player here. For yeah, sure, time. he hasn't been a, a twenty million dollar player necessarily, but he's been a very productive player. Yeah, um, I I think we both acknowledge that he has he has been a good influence in the clubhouse and I think that's only taken on a greater role in the last two or three years and I think he's been really significant to the development of Rudy Nador and I think we're going to see some real dividends from that this year um and the fact of the matter is there's there is still 42 million dollars left in 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 Chew and it's hard to no matter whether that's a sunk cost or not it's hard to sit there and say well we're just going to say goodbye to it. Right. And, and so I think that th- this is where I come down to absolutes. Yes. I mean, I think if you were, if, if you had to make a decision, if you had to, um, if this was not three-dimensional, right? Mm-hmm. If this was just numbers and everything and, and, and names, I think, yes, the idea is Chu should, Calhoun should play and, and, and fit in there for Chu. But yep. I think in a three-dimensional world where you take all of that, I think it's still certainly acceptable for Chu to go into the season as the DH, for Calhoun to play every day in, in AAA, and to hopefully play a little bit of the other corner outfield position um, and maybe learn a little bit about right field. Because, look, 
if he's limited to either left hand, left field, or DH, he's never going to be an ideal fit for this club. Oh, he, he's not a fit. Listen, as we talked about before, in, in today's uh, baseball, where um, you know the analytics has shown us how much it means to be able to play good defense in a defensive outfield. Look at the, the Astros outfield. Right. How, how does Willie Calhoun fit in that? Right. I mean, it, you, you know, it's, it's going to be a challenge. It'd be a real challenge. He, he, to me, his career projects as a DH, and that's the thing. If you didn't, if you don't really think he can play in the field, well, then you shouldn't have made that deal. You know, you should have made, you should have done something else. So. That's my point. I, I think that I and I think that Willie can hit. I think he will hit in the big league level. Uh, you just have to find a place for him to play. This is a team going nowhere, uh, as we said. Uh, I think everybody agrees with that. So therefore, you need to find out about guys. Now, if if at some point in this season at the trade deadline they say they bring Willie up and they say, all right, here you go, and you're going to be you're going to be in the lineup every day. Well, then okay, you know, then then, yeah, then I mean, I'm good I, with I that. I guess my point is, if Willie ends up say with 350 at bats for this club this year. Mm-hmm. It's not been a wasted year at all. Not a wasted year, no. no. Um, and I think you've gotten out of him uh, a commitment to working. Uh, you may have improved his defense some. You may have improved his foot speed. If he gives you 350 at-bats at the big league level, and I, I think that's well within reason. But where are you going to get that, Evan? Well, I, I again, I mean, in there's no – Absolutely, <laughs> and and so yeah, I mean, so this, many places in the lineup to get on the field. This is true, and I I, I completely agree with you. Did you say this is true or this is true? True, true. Okay, all right. Um, but I, I I think look, if you end up if you end up moving Chu or moving on from Chu yeah. at the de- at the break, yeah. he's going to get the last two months right there. Right. Um, <clears throat> if there's any injury, and certainly you know Chu's had a history of some of some soft tissue injuries. Um, if there is an injury now to Gallo at that point, um, even if there's an injury to the Shields, maybe the Rangers put Gallo in, in center field for a while. I, I think that now they're in a position where um, it's very feasible that this guy could end up with 350 at bats. If he doesn't, then, you know, shame on the Rangers. Yeah. But, yeah. but I will, I'm not going to go into the season and say because they went this route that it's it's failed is 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 my point i don't think i said they'd failed i think i think i said that it's up to john daniels to to, to fix, fix a it. problem yeah fix it, this sjd <laughs> well that's true that's what you're saying yeah they had to get rid of chew at some point to make this work I unless mean, you I, think somebody's going to get hurt i listen i for for willie calhoun to get significant playing time with the rangers um I think it's pretty evident that Chu won't sh- will not finish out his the full two years remaining on his contract. Yeah, but I don't know that it's I don't know that right now you just say okay we're releasing you know. You know I look here's the deal I don't think that makes any difference frankly I think what you're saying is right but to say that well we want to get we want to save at least ten million on this deal it's like oh come on ten twenty whatever you're saving it's not making much difference at this point. Not to me, uh, <laughs> but uh, but the deal is, is they, it's a it's a they got a cheap roster and so you know uh, it's the last year of the ballpark and all of that and they expect to make money so I don't know. I, I, it's I, I think what we can both agree on here is it's not an ideal situation. They've put themselves in a not ideal situation right. with with the guy that they got back in the Darvish trade, 
but it also was not an ideal situation at that point in time to make a trade. Yeah. So Darvish and uh, Cole Hamels are both going to pitch against the Rangers in this opening series. That seems crazy, doesn't it? Not not so much that they're pitching against them. It's just that the Cubs' rotation was the Rangers' rotation of two years ago. Yeah. That's that's just yeah. that's just mind blowing to me. Yeah. It, it, you know it's it, it's strange. Um, <laughs> And I don't, I don't have any, um, I don't have any answers for that except for the, you know, the Cubs, Cubs window of opportunity opened around the the, the time that the Rangers really started to to shut, and so Hamels and Darvish were, you know, still kind of considered productive pitchers, and they went from one team that didn't have a window any longer to a team that did. Yeah, you know, and 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 here's the other thing is that the Cubs. You know, we did this rather exhaustive pitching study uh, of what teams have produced talent exclusively uh, over the over the course of of, of time that uh, constitutes John Daniels' tenure with the Rangers. Yeah, Cubs have been awful. Right, they have not developed any produced any big league pitching. That traded they, for traded for a good one that they signed for that they signed or drafted or um, got as an international free agent. They've built it through trades. And through free agency, and the Red Sox have too, and and so I think that tells you that look, it, it it's it's important to develop pitching. It's not the only way to win a championship, but if you're not going to to develop pitching, you better be willing to spend heavily on that, and that might be a lesson the Rangers need to learn going into the new park. What did uh, did your in your research? I think it's more interesting to me. Look, everybody can can find fours and fives, uh, and and occasional threes. Uh, I wonder how many teams, their ones and twos, uh, were homegrown. I think what we had in the story was that there had been, I want to say, 11 franchises in since since 2006 that had since since 2006 that have signed or drafted a guy who ended up getting at least one Cy Young, at least appearing in the Cy Young Award voting. So it's it's about you know one third of of the franchises, um, and for me you know you're a one or a two or an elite kind of of reliever if you get a vote in the Cy Young award. starter. Um, yeah, I, I know, but I mean I I included anybody that was was drafted. So if it was a reliever and he was drafted and he got a Cy Young vote, you know, like Zach Britton did with. Oh, the okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but no, the Rangers have not developed a. a a pitching all-star under John Daniels. Um, the last homegrown pitching all-stars were C.J. Wilson, who was drafted before John uh, came on board. Um, the last uh, – well, the Rangers have always really struggled in the Cy Young voting, um, and, and so there's they've gotten no votes in that. Uh, it, it's it's not been – you know, the, the most productive – Well, you, Darvish. But Darvish, does, I did not count Darvish in this research because this is about development. Darvish mm-hmm. was 25 when he signed. I did not include Japanese players who came from the Nippon Professional Baseball League straight into baseball, straight what, into the Was this some kind of uh, exclusionist kind of And we didn't include Cuban players bias who came from the, from the Cuban Professional League. This wow. was about guys who went, who were drafted with the idea uh, or, or signed with the idea of you're going to develop them. Yeah. Um, and, and look, it's a weakness for the Rangers, and it's it's something that's got to be addressed. And I, I think what really stands out for me is under under John, the Rangers have used their first pick um, in the draft 
uh, nine of the 13 times that he's that they've drafted on a pitcher. One of those guys has pitched in the big leagues for the Rangers. It was Chi-Chi Gonzalez. He's no longer here. Uh-huh. Um, so they, they've got to do better. Now, I do think that they've, they've invested heavily into research and development over the last two years. I think that's a smart, I think that's a smart investment, and I think, quite frankly, it was a better use of dollars this winter than going out and paying for a free agent. Um, I think they've hired 55 new people in baseball operations over the last year, a lot of them being data analysts. Uh, they have, by all accounts in Hans Kraus, a rising pitching prospect star. But, again, he pitched at Spokane last year, so he's a couple of years away. Uh, I do think that this wave of guys in the rotation at AA has a chance to produce one or two at least mid-level rotation guys. And then be below that, they've got, they've got another, an, another wave. Um, but until those guys produce results at the big leagues – this is going to be uh, the the verdict on this club. Is yeah. that it hasn't produced pitching under John Daniels, and it's his, it's been his weakness flaw, his biggest weakness, biggest weakness or or weakness flaw, either one. Uh, well, here's the thing though, and and that's no question about that. But here's the other side of all that for me is that just as you said, the Cubs, the Red Sox, the Yankees, uh, the Yankees develop pitching. Well, they do now, uh, they, but they haven't always. No, but they they have in the last thirteen years because they they've drafted uh, or they signed guys like Severino. True. Um, you know they drafted they drafted really well in terms of relievers. They've mm-hmm. gotten a lot of production out of homegrown relievers. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay, well, that's not cut me off. But my point is, is that uh, you can sign them. You know, you just got to spend money on them. That's exactly, and, and and that's and that's what the and of course that's all part of the the new ballpark is you're, you're trying to part of the reason for it. You know, part of the reason is because you're tired of fans melting into the seats, but also because you're trying to attract free agent pitchers to well, come come to this place. Again, uh, this team had a top ten payroll uh, as recently as two years ago. Um, and I think that with rebuilding, it's smart to divert some of those resources elsewhere, which they've done in terms of, re- of research and development, putting money into, uh, into their academy in the Dominican Republic uh, and elsewhere. But when they go into the new ballpark, yes, uh, it's going to be really comfortable, and that's important, and it's going to eliminate some of the heat element that prohibited you from signing free agents. Uh, but you can't rely on hometown discounts even though there's a no, number of, of, of no. people who live here year-round. You can't rely on the lack of state income tax. If you need to add a guy to the rotation, hello, Garrett Cole, who will be available yeah. after this year if the Astros don't sign him, um, you better be willing to pay top dollar for him. Very top dollar. And if, and, and Blow if him you out of the water, water. And if you don't, then then you're just I, – I don't think – I think then you, you, your criticism is, is fair. Yeah. Which criticism? Criticism that the Rangers are I, see right now. I don't think that there's that, that it would be fair to criticize the Rangers' payroll, but I do think that. Oh no, I'm not, I'm just saying that when you if you're not if your payroll's not big, you, then then eat this contract. Right. You know that's that's my point. Right. It'd be different if it's 150 million. No, we're, 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 I've, I've moved. I, I mean, I've just moved on. I, I think from from my perspective, if you're if you're not willing once you get into this new ballpark with the new revenue stream, if you're not willing to complete your roster when need be by paying top dollar for free agents, then then you're being a little bit disingenuous. More than a little bit disingenuous. Yeah. <laughs> then you're being 
Shame on you. Right. Yeah. That that's that's that that would be terrible. That's what Rangers fans are, are counting on. Evan, I think you gotta get out of here, don't you? Yeah, I gotta get to the ballpark for an exhibition game. Exhibition game. Boy, is that one gonna be on TV? I don't know. You don't, you don't know. I'm gonna watch you it. You know so about that stupid two pound chicken, but you don't know if the game's gonna be on TV or not? I'm gonna be watching it. I don't <laughs> care whatever I'm sure it's on TV. Who knows? Oh, oh that's nice. That's nice. Well, you know, I was just gonna tell fans, you know, they, they by the way, watch by it. the time this gets uploaded, it will be two thirty this afternoon. Yeah. That game should be in about the sixth <laughs> inning. <laughs> and people can find out by then, you think? Yes. Okay. All okay. right. All right, Evan. Well, it's been fun talking to you about baseball. I'm sorry you're not going to be able to hang around and talk with uh, Chuck Carlton and I about uh, the uh, about the Texas Tech Red Raiders and their Sweet 16 appearance. You know, they're they're also a team with a lot better history than Georgia State yeah. in well, basketball. So is everybody. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but nonetheless, Kevin, yeah, I'll enjoy taking you out to lunch at some time in the future. I want I want to go someplace really good too, and I don't want just soup. Goodbye, Kevin. <laughs> Goodbye. <It's> gumbo <laughs> soup. Gumbo, gumbo is not soup. It's okay, good. Gumbo's enough. a full meal, so you yeah, can have a bowl of gumbo. Okay. <laughs> it's not a full meal. <laughs> Goodbye, Kevin. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Until next time, sports fans, we'll see you.